going to tell some stories, and in order to help do that, uh, I want you all to say hi, please, to Mr. Marcus Mohan. So Marcus is the, uh, the Connect Group um, guru, master, um, man. I'm just excited enough to, okay. you know. <laughs> so Marcus is kind of the Connect Group guy, or the group guy around here, and so we're very thankful for him and all that he's putting into this. And so today we want to talk a little bit about what we're doing, why we're doing it, and share some stories about people who have kind of been through it. And um, I, was, I, w I wanted to start with this quick idea. I was listening to a friend of mine preach uh, this past week, and he was talking about the book of Luke. And it was very interesting to me because he was saying that in Luke, you've got about 24 chapters in Luke, right? And, and in, in this chapter, you've got 19 instances where Jesus is eating. He's either, there was a commentator who said, okay, in, in Luke... You've got Jesus either on the way to a meal, or he's sitting at a meal, or he just came from a meal. I mean, he's always eating. And so not all the Gospels record this, but Luke does. And so much so that, in fact, you know, some early reports were saying, who is this man? He's a, 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 a glutton, a drunkard. Not Marcus. It's, it's, I was talking about Jesus. But, but so, so people are trying to figure out this guy, and he's sitting down, and he's eating with just crazy people. And incredible work is happening when he sits down at these meals. I mean, you think about stories like the, the sinful woman who came and anointed his feet, right? Life transformation for her while Jesus is sitting there reclining at a meal. If you think about Zacchaeus as Jesus is walking, you read through the scriptures, and Zacchaeus sees, Jesus sees Zacchaeus up in the tree trying to get a glimpse of who this guy is. And he says, Zacchaeus, I want you to come down. I'm going to go to your house today. And he sits down with people, and he breaks bread with people. And life change happens around those tables. And that's kind of what we're doing over this summer. In fact, it's so important to him that when he left, he left us a meal. He left us the Lord's Supper to remember his body and his blood for every one of us. And so we as a family, we come together every single Sunday to celebrate, to remember. And around that table, we're unified. Around that table, we get together. Around that table, we experience healing. So this is kind of what we're about this summer. So, Marcus, I said a lot of stuff. Tell us a little bit about... So much for the shorter service, right? Hey, hey, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. I am a parsley, though. So... So tell us a little bit about what's happening, what we're doing, and what's behind it. Right. So this summer, the framework is that we're, we want to go all social. Now, that can mean a lot of different things. There are, there are dinner clubs. There are, my wife's doing a book group. That means a lot of different stuff. So when we go out and see some of the groups afterward, um, Ken Robinson's going to start some group we don't even know about yet. So if we, I'm just kidding, Ken. So if we go out and see um, all these groups afterward, it are, they are strictly social. But it's not just to take a break for the summer, which is nice anyway. But it's so that we can strengthen the relational fabric of our church. I don't think it's too strong a statement that over the past several months, we've sensed that there is a direct attack from the enemy to keep us separated and to pull us apart. Over and over, I've had this conversation of people saying, I love this church, but more and more, I don't feel connected. I think that's a lie from the enemy. And what, so what I think the Lord wants to do in and through us is strengthen us to be a house of living stones that the Lord can inhabit and draw other people in. You know, in Acts, in the second chapter of Acts, it talks about they were in the temple day by day and then breaking bread each evening from house to house. And so that's why we're getting together, to strengthen the relational fabric so that we can know one another more and so that feeling of disconnectedness can be overcome by really connectedness through Jesus through the Holy Spirit, and with our hearts being shared with one another. So that's why we have this framework of social groups. It's not just because we live in the coolest city in the country and there are a lot of things to do, which we do, and there are. I mean, you could have a hiking group. You could have a paddleboard group. Amy's Ice Cream at one of those locations, I think it's every Monday night, shows a family-friendly movie. So there are all sorts of things that we could go and do together. But the reason of it is, is that so that we start to get to know one another, 
We share our hearts, and the life of Jesus flows in and out between us so that the Holy Spirit in me can see what's happening in you and call it out and name it even when you can't see it and vice versa. So that's what we're after. That's what we're doing this summer. It's not just so we can have nice. Honestly, I don't care if we have nice groups. I don't care about the number we have other than it's affecting people. I'm really not after a program of good groups. I want you guys to start to know each other so that you can look out for one another, protect one another, and build one another up in Jesus. Yeah, such a big deal. Ministry only happens in the context of relationships. You can have a great devotional life. That's wonderful and awesome, and we all should. But ministry, real ministry, real discipleship, the strengthening, the sharpening of one another only happens in the context of relationships. We really need each other. And so whenever we talk about this with Marcus, Marcus gets this crazy-eyed thing, you know, like even more than normal crazy-eyed Marcus. And so, so he gets, he's really passionate about it, and I think that's so incredible. But, man, tell us a little bit about why that's such a passion for you. Well, you know, um, I grew up about a Southern Baptist you can get with um, uh, Sunday school. So I didn't enter into the idea of small groups until I got to a church in college. And I, we ended up doing small groups, starting these small groups, which would eventually become, you know, this really powerful church in Waco that planted churches all over the, all over the um, world. But I did it with my college buddies. These were my roommates. You know, James on the left, he's feeding David the raw meat. This was actually at a, a life group meeting. We were I don't recommend hamburgers. that in your groups, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I mean, we, we did cook it. But the whole thing is we lived life together. We ministered together. We went on mission trips together. We shared one another's hearts. We, you know, like Brent was talking about a while ago, we rescued one another. Dave's mom, the guy with the glasses, his mom died while we were in college of cancer. Um, James went through a horrible, broken, right after we got out of school and we still lived together, um, you know, an awful time of a, a broken engagement, and it was, you know, awful. And I had my, kind of my own dark night of the soul during college, and we all knew one another. We loved one another. We were vulnerable with each other, and we carried one another through the crises and had a heck of a lot of fun playing and rejoicing together to the extent that even still we have, we have season football tickets together, you know, in the fall. So we, we share life together still. And the next picture is um, our families. We still get together every year 24 years later. We still carry one another in our hearts. One of our wives' father just passed away, and he wasn't a believer but we rallied and for months prayed, and he came to know Jesus. And so we carry one another in our hearts. We again and again rescue one another. We rejoice through graduations and new births, and life is flexed, and we've moved on, and we live in Houston and Austin and Wichita, Kansas. But we share the life of Jesus. And what, we, what started 25 years ago, we all look so squatty in this picture. I look squatty normally, but my buddies are taller than I am. <laughs> But we still share life together, and our children know one another. And it's because of the life of Jesus that flowed in, in and among us. So the reason I think small groups work is because they do. Now, it's work, especially when you come to a new city. You start the process over and over again. I can tell this story for all the churches we've been at, you know, the past few years. But and, and when we came here a few years ago, it's like, hey, here we go again. We don't know anybody, but... It's the opportunity to find out what Jesus is doing again in people, and it's happened for us again. I love the idea of small groups, not because I think the system's great. There are a lot of places where it bumps up against American society. In a major metropolitan area, there are challenges with scheduling and traffic and nights of the week and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's the best thing, the best vehicle to facilitate what we're really after. So, and, and All right. 
and, and here's the thing. That, you know, you look at those pictures, and I bet, I bet there's people in the room going, uh, yeah, well, good for you, Marcus. Bravo. I mean, I, that, that doesn't play out like that for me. I've never experienced that for me. But here's the thing. I think all of us, we all know that we, we should. If we're going to fulfill the Great Commission, if we're going to be disciples of Christ, we should have those kinds of friends. But I think the bigger deal here is, is that you can. You can. It's definitely possible. We just have to make the decision to open up and allow it to happen. And it is hard and it is messy. Yeah. And it takes time. So we've got some of those stories that we wanted to share today, right? So, so you want to introduce these guys? Yeah, why don't you guys come on up? These, are, these folks are people that we've been through um, connect groups, now groups, here at One Chapel together over the past. So we, we went three sessions, and I'll introduce these folks. But we've, um, we've done it here, and I've, I've gotten to know these people. And this happens to me with every group I do. Autumn and I keep leading different groups, and then we're like, when are we going to get together with them more? And it's like it gets, you know, more and more because we start to love these people and carry them in our hearts. And so on the other end down the here with their Riley, this is Riley Kellner and her parents, Mark and Kathy. And um, these are the Corrados. Corrados moved here a year and a half ago from Los Angeles. Chris and Amy. This is my wife, Autumn. And this is Justin Roberts. Paige, his wife, is not with us because their daughter, who just turned one, has a 102 fever. We were really hoping for Paige to make it, but we did not trust Justin alone with a sick child. So, <laughs> you know, so, so these guys, we, um, we went through kind of three sessions of um, groups together, and we did not know each other really before that, I'd say. And they all have a little bit different story about how it's affected them. And now we've kind of flexed into different groups at time, especially with two new babies and the changes of schedule and jobs and that kind of thing. But we still continue in a relationship, and that's what's been great. Um, who did we start with first service? Was it y'all? Yeah. Why don't y'all tell, you know, the question I asked them the first service was they moved from Los Angeles and had a little bit of different experience in their previous church with relationships than they have here. And I wanted them to share a little bit about that and what's happened through this group. Sure. Well, um, yeah, so we moved from Los Angeles a year and a half ago. So for those of you that are annoyed by the Californians <laughs> moving to Austin, we apologize. It's not our fault that you guys live in an awesome city. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Los Angeles was a very easy place to get isolated. Uh, and a part of that is just the culture there. There's a lot of people that come to L.A. because they want to pursue some kind of dream. A lot of times it's a creative dream, and, and um, it can kind of lend itself to a certain level of self-absorption. And so there comes a, a time where you think, well, I don't, you know, it gets very easy to become an excuse and say, well, I'm not going to go. I'll go to church, but I'm not going to really work to get plugged in because I don't know, I don't get along with these people or whatever. And, um, and it was really self-defeating because you might feel that way, but that doesn't help, that doesn't help you grow as a believer to, to be isolated like that. And so um, we were fortunate enough that through a couple uh, situations, um, part of which is Amy's dad and my father-in-law got a job transfer here to Austin. We moved here. By the way, uh, Bob and Karen are here somewhere. There they are. Um, you guys probably saw their testimony a few weeks ago, which was on the screen, which was very cool. Um, but uh, anyway, so we came out here, and it was very intentional. I, I felt like it was very important for us to get plugged in right away, to find a church, and sp specifically to get involved in a small group, because I knew from my entire life being a believer, the times that I was growing the most were the times that I was plugged into a small group ministry. Like, it's great to be at the services. It's great to meet people in the two minutes where you shake hands with your neighbor or whatever. But the true deep relationships happen in small group contexts. And so, um, you know, I think the second time we came to One Chapel was when they were doing small group Sunday. 
we came upstairs to just kind of look around and see if there was any that, that fit. And I saw Marcus and I thought, oh, this looks like a fun guy. I'll talk to him, you know. And I think, I think you were wearing like yellow pants at the time too. And so. I do have yellow pants. Yeah. So something in me was like. And green pants, thick and bears. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so was that fun or funny? I just yeah. was trying yeah, to yeah. clarify. Okay. I, I, do, I do remember thinking any man that can rock yellow pants is someone I need to get to know. <laughs> so like, um, but uh, sure enough, like, and, and so we started attending their group. I also started attending uh, Ken Robinson and Fleur had a group uh, that was food, film, and faith where we'd watch movies and then talk about them in the context of faith, which was just a great way to, to get to know people and, um, and really built a lot of friendships very quickly. And just That'd be a great idea for this summer, <laughs> food, fun, and faith. <laughs> um, but what was, what was really great about it, a good testimony about, about how effective that is, is before we came to Los Angeles, or excuse me, before we came to Austin, I could probably name three or four people in my life, like lifelong friends that I've told literally everything about in terms of all the stuff that I've gone through as a believer and in my life. And within uh, a couple months of being here and being involved in small group, there were four or five new people that knew all that stuff that I had only known for a couple months and felt that comfortable and that close to to share some really deep things. And so that is miraculous to me. I mean, that's that to me is all the reason in the world to do it. And it takes such little effort. I mean, afterwards we'll kind of, you know, people will be able to go upstairs and look at the groups that are available. And just the effort of putting your email address down is, is it takes that, that little to get someone to reach out to you and start drawing you into that kind of environment. So... I can't recommend it enough. I'm talking too long, so. <laughs> well, I just wanted to add that the it took a while. Like, it, it, I remember the first time we came to your guys' house, we actually knocked on the door, and the last time we went to your house, we just walked in, and we're like, hi, we're here, you know. <laughs> but it, it took us a long time of getting to know each other in those 20 or 40 minutes where we're just no agenda, nobody's pulling out their Bible and taking notes. We're really just connecting as people. We're not, we're not trying to get through... Um, a task, and and it was so many times like that where it was easy to kind of open up and say, "Here's what's really going on in our lives," but it, it took a while, um, which is why this is such a great time to get involved because this is no pressure. These are social groups, and and it's just the perfect time to start getting to know each other, which will lay a foundation for you don't know what's coming next, and you need these people in your life. Um, so yeah, that's all. Just want, oh, I just ahead. wanted to highlight that idea because I think it's really important, right? Like. I think a lot of times we think about, we have groups. It's group Sunday, so go find a group. And, and a lot of us are thinking, oh, great, another service I have to go to. i got to go to another thing, and we're going to have our agenda and, and go through the deal. Well, and that's not bad. It's not bad to have a study and all those things. But what happened to you guys was they actually opened up to the real relationship. They didn't look at it as a service they had to go to. They, they said, I want to get to know these people. I'm not worried about what we're actually going to be going through right now. I, I want to open my heart up to them. They're going to open up their hearts to me. And that is the point. That's the moment where the transformation, where Jesus can really do some work. And so I think that's the thing that we all have to be looking for this summer. Justin and Paige have had a, um, an experience because they've been in several different groups at one chapel. And I think it's been, they've uh, had a good experience at all of them. And so I wanted Justin to just kind of talk how friendships have developed through that and how that experiences have benefited you guys. So we, uh, I just, you know, I feel like it's all about enjoying people. That's kind of the key thing. But we got married, and we started coming to One Chapel, and we didn't really have friends that we really knew in Austin. I was new to Austin for the most part, and we just kind of got plugged in here and started going to connect groups, and that's how we met people. And now I can say most of our really good friends come from One Chapel, come from connect groups, because people got to know us. And we got to hang out, and people got to see how weird we were, and then they got to see that they still liked us when they saw how weird we were. 
And that's a really cool, healthy thing, and uh, it's been really great for us. And I think it's really easy to know a lot of people at church, but to not be known. And a connect group is such a great way for people to know you and care for you and know your life. And what's the benefit of that, of being known? I mean, what happens when you turn that corner? You just stop. You stop being so. I don't know. So you stop being. I'm so sorry. I threw a, le- I threw a, cur- I threw a curveball at him here. He wasn't playing. He wasn't playing it for that. It's not one. on the script, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you just get. You get in a healthy place of just being cool with yourself and and being walking with Jesus and walking with Jesus with a group of people. Yes. You you, you know that you're loved and it just changes everything. It changes you as a dad, as a husband, as an employee, all that. Mark and Kathy Kellner, um, they have been in the area for, you know, they lived in Buda for t- 10 years, and now they're out kind of southwestish um, now and in Driftwood. Thank you. And um, they've been at One Chapel for about, what, three, three and a half years. And for the first couple, they were not involved in a connect group. So I'm putting them on the spot to talk about that and tell us kind of how that shifted and what's been the benefit of it. Yeah, so it was the first two years of um, kind of avoiding talking to people and getting plugged in. It was our, our safety place of coming and sitting back behind the fold there <laughs> in the dark and, um, and, and making excuses. We're looking at you. <laughs> I'm, just kidding, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just joking. It, it, was, it, was, it was not even uh, filling out the Connect card and getting the, the coveted cup. What? Coffee. Yeah. yeah. So I'm taking this home. To yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it was, it was excuses. It was, well, we have older kids. Or we have two other children that, um, you know, waking up and getting them up in the morning was easy to use as an excuse, or we were tired, or other activities, or we're going to go out of town. Like, just not committing to an, an investment in people. And why was that? Why are you kind of hiding? Um, before here, the, the previous experiences of other church um, kind of being burnt in relationships or, or being involved and having disagreements and political whatever things that just happen, um, conflicts. Um, but also as we moved around and hunted for other churches, some of those we were purposefully seeking relationships and at some of these churches it was empty. That There was no connection. There wasn't even a, 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 a place to go and find the group. So at, at some point, we, we became very aware of it as we saw all the smiling faces and all the people hugging and, and excited to see each other on Sundays. We became conscious of we were left out. Like, we, we want to know people, but we're not putting anything out. So it was a little bit of um, that resonated in our heart and our prayers became let's, well, let's change ourselves. And one of the first things that happened when we were still at Westlake was we're leaving service and Ross and Amy are walking down the stairs and say, hey, how are y'all connected? And um, we didn't have an answer. I've seen you've been coming for two years. And, <laughs> and of course, when, when he says that, you feel kind of, um, I'll say, yeah, uh, motivated <laughs> at that point. Um, and when he gives you his phone number, says, text me so we can get you connected. That, that happens. Uh, so that was one step. We then used that as getting involved, uh, finally going to square one, because it took two years to go to the <laughs> square one. Um, and then we started to go to the disciples, discipleship, discipleship training <laughs> circle. <laughs> that happened. So friends are four. See how it works? It's amazing. It's really amazing. That fall. Um, so we got plugged in with some people, and we're still close friends with, with quite a few of those people. That was exciting. That was a little step. And then um, 
the next time that groups were starting in that January, um, you convinced us, um, and you're very hard to say no to, <laughs> to, uh, to join your group, and it's been great. That was a year and a half ago. Um, so now it's, we, we put it, we made it a priority. We put it on the calendar. It was, you know, popped up when it was time. It was, hey, you, you've got a connect group tonight. Um, we're going to go. We're not going to make excuses around that. Um, we're not going to be busy. We're not going to put something more important before going to groups. And having our, our children getting to know the other families and the other kids. And, of course, we have a cool house. So that made it easy for them to want to go play with your Legos <laughs> instead of ours. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, and uh, the other activities we did w was fun around town. Um, so what is the other result of that? Well, so outside of that, it was us then wanting to grow in relationships with people. Um, we wanted to start asking questions to get to know you guys better. That, that made me at work want to go and get to know people I work with with a new perspective and listen and find people who are believers and who are not believers and try to you know, find this relationship. Um, making you know, coffee. Let's go get coffee and, and, you know, and when it's outside of group. That was something that we started to do as um, something extra. So there was an extra part of our life where we were challenging each other with that relationship so that we could, everyone's watching Riley now, um, <laughs> just making that priority through the, the changes of life, and um, yeah, it was fun. And it's been exciting to watch Jesus formed more and more in all of us, you know, as we talk through things that he's working in and out of our hearts, and to see uh, all of us talking about that together, you know, um, good and tough things all at the same time, so that's been, that's been good, and eat really in each one of these people sitting up here. Um, Autumn. Hey, hey. <laughs> use the mic. <laughs> Autumn's great. When we first got here and we were, you know, the church had grown quickly. We'd stand around in the lobby and we'd think, who can, you know, who's going to talk to us? And um, then we looked around, there were a lot of other new people doing the same thing. So Autumn doesn't wait. Autumn's like, I'm going to talk to those people. So, she, you know, she was, she, I'd watch her, you know, I was just still standing there. And she's just making a beeline to different people who looked like they didn't know one another. So Autumn always has this knack of finding those people and pulling them in. So just tell us how... I'm he says that, but I really don't have any kind of knack does. for it. Because I'm really an introvert and pretty shy. But <laughs> I do know that I, how I was feeling out there not knowing anybody and kind of seeing other people who kind of knew each other, um, I know how that felt. And I knew that all those other people who were standing alone probably felt that same way. So I figured, you know, people are not... Going, people appreciate being cared about enough to have somebody walk up to them and talk to them. And to even if you're kind of awkward because you don't know exactly what to say at first, um, I'd rather be a little bit awkward than to leave somebody alone because I was afraid of being awkward. So, um, so that's just kind of what I try to do. And so I'd encourage everybody, if you're leading a connect group, pursue some people. Even if it feels a little awkward for you, it, nobody... Everyone will like to be invited, even if they can't make it. They want to be valued enough to be included. Um, if you're at least thinking of a group and not sure if it'll work for your schedule or you know anything like that, go ahead and go up to the person who's leading it, because that person's taking a risk just to try to lead it. You know that's ca that can be scary for people. So walk up to them and talk to them about it, and at least put your name down on the paper. Even if you can't make it, you're you're taking a step toward maybe making it. Yeah, exactly. And Autumn's got a great book group for ladies on Wednesday nights that is, I mean, she just does a good job. We have an exciting opportunity. This summer session 
any of you guys who are out there who've led groups before, and you're already in the system, and you're going, oh, man, I meant to do that, or I wanted to do that, or, you know, I could have a, you know, that, that um, you know, we wanted to do an Austin Duck Adventures where we take a tour, amphibious tour of the city every week. I wanted to do that, but I meant to, and I didn't. You can still do it. You can go upstairs, grab a clipboard. Christy's got your info. Put it down and go do it already because we have people that need to get woven in and integrated. And even if you weren't thinking about it, you should at this point come up with an idea if you've led one before and go do it. So, man, so many good things. When we're going to go out in a second, we're going to practice it, right? We're going to end the service and, and go out and just kind of hang out, talk a little bit. I think we're all outside here now. And so you can go out here. Uh, there's Kona ice out there and all the good stuff. So, but, but before we do, I, want, I just wanted to highlight a couple things. So like Mark, I think Mark said it. He was talking about how it was difficult, how there were moments in previous relationships where it went kind of south. It, went, it, it got hard. And, and the truth is that is going to happen, right? That's, that's a natural part of relationships. And so I don't, want you to, I don't want you to get nervous about that. We have to decide that we're going to just push through. We're going to be committed to one another, and we're going to find the way to forgive and walk through and press on and live together and be super awkward together. You know, just, let's just all decide today. We're just going to be awkward together. It's going to be fine. So, so it's, it's kind of fun. It's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yellow pants and all. And so, yeah. so yeah. Um, and so I wanted to highlight just this, th- that, that fact and that, you know, uh, sometimes, sometimes it's hard to do. Sometimes it, 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 you think it, it doesn't work. You try and it doesn't exactly work out right. You try, and they don't respond the way that you thought they would, and so you want to bow out, and, and that's okay. It's part of the process. Just don't give up. I think disciples of Jesus, I think there has to be something about us that says, I'm going to commit to living with a heart and attitude that says, make me. Make me. I, Jesus, I want you to make me into somebody else than who I am. I want you to make me like you. Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And so that's a conditional statement. If we follow him, he will make us. But we have to make the commitment. So many times we're just like, man, I wish somebody would talk to me. I wish somebody would say hi to me. I wish somebody would come and call me. I wish somebody, and that's totally right. We should do that with one another. But if it's not happening, we can't just say, well, nobody cares, and so I'm going to give up. Take another step. I know it's ridiculous. I know they didn't do their job. But just take another step and say, make me. Just like that. Make me. Um, so, so at the bottom of all of this, right, there, there is something that's really important, and that is, that is the Great Commission. In Matthew 28, we read, Jesus says, he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So go and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything that I've commanded. And surely I'm going to be with you always to the very end of the age. Underneath all of this, all this good stuff and relationships and all this is the fact that we have work to do. We have a job to do. And if we're going to do that, we have to do that together. We have a mandate on us to make disciples. And in order to do that, we've got to be disciples. And yes, it's going to be challenging. And yes, it's going to be a little bit of work. But you know what? It's going to be so worth it. And it's really actually going to be fun most of the time. <laughs> I promise. So what we're after is we're after this thing that we call refrigerator privileges. That's the goal of One Chapel. We want to get everybody to the point where we can have refrigerator privileges. You're looking at me very confused. So what I mean is 
you know when you got somebody, you invite them over to your house, it's the first time, it's a little awkward, so they sit awkwardly on the couch while you awkwardly fumble in the kitchen. This is the way I do that anyway. So, and trying to figure out, because you don't know each other really well yet, but as that keeps happening and you keep being in relationship with one another, eventually the day comes when they come to your house, they just open up the door, they walk in, they go over to the fridge, they open it up, they pull out a Coke, and they go and sit down on your couch and watch your TV. And you're like, dude, get out of here. I love you, but get out of here. So... There's this moment where it all changes because the relationship is strong enough. There's enough trust built. There's enough faithfulness in one another. And that's what we're after. We want for this body of believers, this family, we want to have refrigerator privileges with one another's hearts. We want to be able to get to the point where we can trust and have access into one another's lives. Where you can walk up to somebody's heart and say, your friend, and say, hey, can I just open this up for a second? Because I think there's some work that Jesus might want to do in here. And so I want to help you do that. And they can do the same to you. They can walk up, open up your heart and say, hey, I just want to talk to you. I think the Spirit of God spoke to me about this thing. Or I noticed this thing about how you're treating your wife. And man, this is not good. You've got to correct this. That's what we can do. None of us have to suffer from our greatest weaknesses because we can benefit from everybody's strength. We can do this, everybody. And so that's what we're after today. So if you would, I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going we're gonna to go ahead and go out. And please, I want to ask you, would you do this today? I know you might be looking at me saying, hmm, that sounds awesome, but no. I'm, uh, I'm so busy, you don't understand, you don't get it. I, I, you're right, I probably don't. But would you just, even if you're saying I'm not going to be in a group, please don't just walk through and just go get a cone of ice and leave. Please stop by. If you're saying I'm not going to be in a group, fine. But at least stop by and hang out now. We're ending the service early so that we can be the rest of the message, so that we can put into practice immediately building family. We can all, everybody in this room can take the first step forward in building relationship with somebody, even if you think you're not going to get in a group. And then, who knows what will happen? Maybe you'll just fall back into a group. Bow your heads and let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we're dealing with some really serious matters friendship and discipleship the great commission the reason that we're here on this planet god i pray that we wouldn't lose sight of that we know that ministry happens in the context of relationship you're at work in the earth but you're at work through us so god i pray that you would help us to engage today jesus i ask that you would help us to open up our hearts to you first there's so many of us that don't trust. We, we're too nervous. We've been wounded. We've been taken advantage of. We've been hurt in different things. And God, I understand all of that, but I pray that you'd help us to see past it today. Jesus, I pray that your healing power and presence would just come and envelop those broken hearts. And for those of us who don't feel like we can trust, would you today just call us back to you? Father God, call us back to you. Help us to give in. Help us to trust you. And then help us to open up to trusting other people. Help us to trust, God, these friends and family members here, these brothers and sisters in Christ. Help us to trust them so that you can do the work that you want to do in us. We want to follow you. We want to be like you. And that means we got to work together. So would you help us to do it? Would you bless these groups this summer? And God, let the relationships flourish so that ministry and discipleship can flourish. We love you. 
we thank you for all of these things. We ask in the powerful, mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.